He's Amit Carr, and I'm Telly Concepcion, and together we are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. We go beyond the numbers of sports and life to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. So come learn, grow, and have some fun with us. We are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. On today's episode, the guys give their 2020 year in review, go beyond the numbers of New Year's resolutions, and share their favorite 2020 moments. In NFL Nuggets, they go beyond the numbers of Week 16 of the 2020 NFL season and introduce Mr. Ernie Nevers. But first, their numbers of the day. My number for the day is 61. The MLB season had 60 games this year due to COVID-19. Sterling Marte, however, played in 61 regular season games. Marte started the season in Arizona before being traded to Miami at the trade deadline. The Marlins were stuck playing doubleheader catch-up games after all of their COVID-related postponements earlier in the season, allowing Marte to play in a total of 61 regular season games in the 2020 season. My number for the day is 105. Steph Curry made 105 consecutive three-point shots without a miss during practice Saturday in Chicago before his game against the Chicago Bulls. Before the business, Beyonders, it's time for Before the Business, where we answer your unanswered questions and find the numbers that went unfound in previous episodes. We've been added to a list, Amit. Best Tampa Bay Rays podcast on player.fm. I told you guys I'm just a kid from Tampa Bay, so that's a huge honor. Thank you. Shouts out to player.fm. Shouts out to the Tampa Bay Rays. But I have some sad, very sad Tampa Bay Rays news to report to you guys. For those of you that don't know, Blake Snell has been traded by the Rays this week. And only time will tell if the prospects pan out. But thank you, Blake. We salute you. And it's just sad we couldn't get him a championship before he left. Our last moment, Ahmed, of Blake Snell is going to be pulling him from game six. Is going to be the scowl. Is going to be taking the ball out of his hands with the lead and then losing to the Dodgers. Blake Snell is now the 28th Cy Young winner to be traded to another team within three years of winning that award. And Snell won it two years ago. Winning that award means you are the best pitcher in your league and his trade value is high. They felt that they could get the most for him right now. So it makes sense. Strike while the fire's hot. I love the Twitter that put that the Rays put out thanking him. I loved the thank you back to Tampa Bay. Blake Snell put out. He was proud to do it with the organization that drafted him and brought him up through the system. So that was great to see. Salute, man. Nothing but the best. And he's coming to the Padres. I'm and you know, the San Diego Padres are my West Coast Rays. You know, I love San Diego. San Diego feels like a West Coast Tampa Bay. So I still get to watch Blake Snell because that's one of my favorite teams to watch. We talked about them a lot. They're young. They're hot. They're coming on strong and they're coming for the Dodgers. The first streaming only game in professional sports came from the NFL this past week. The Arizona-San Francisco game this past Saturday night streamed on Amazon Prime. 
and was shown over the air in the Bay Area and in Phoenix markets. And they got an average per minute audience of 3.5 million viewers. If the game had been on network TV with little competition, as was the case this past Saturday, a TV source estimated the audience would have been around 7 million and at least 6 million on the NFL network. A long way to go for Prime, uh, but it was a cool first try, and I feel like this is going to be something that they're going to kind of push more and more coming into the coming up seasons. It was interesting. I mean, we know that streaming is the future. Streaming is the way things are going. Netflix, you see Disney Plus, you see HBO Max coming out this year. But in sports, it's difficult. I didn't even know the game was streaming, to be honest with you, because I'm in the San Francisco market. That game was on TV for me. It'll be interesting to see if people stick around or go to streaming. I feel like it'll be difficult to watch a whole game streamed on your phone, right? And a lot of people don't know about the streaming services on their television. So this is the future. NFL has been in talks with Twitter before to stream games on Twitter. They've been in talks to stream the Thursday night football package. We'll see if it works out. It'll be interesting from a streaming standpoint, Telly, because I know uh, based on the, the TV package that I have through Hulu, when there are NFL games on TV, right? That's my only source to watch. However, I can watch it on the TV, but I cannot watch it on my iPad or on my phone because that's limited by the NFL. They don't allow you to use it on their devices, on portable devices. You can only watch it on the television. It'll be interesting to see how they all work that out. That's one of the NFL's many quirks um, in terms of their rights to games. And in the association, the National Basketball Association, you know, the others are league, major league baseball, national football league. Basketball is an association. So in the association, we had this week a record, a new record, the largest halftime lead in NBA history, which was 50 points happened this week, a 77 to 27 lead. And no, Ahmed, it wasn't your Knicks. It was the Mavs against the Clippers. Yes, those Los Angeles Clippers, the favorites to win the championship last year. The game ended 124 to 73. Also, it was the only loss the Clippers have suffered to this point. So take that loss with a huge grain of salt. And we got to talk about the best team in the association. Like I said, I'm in, and that's the Knicks. They beat Giannis. They beat the Bucks. They're on their way. They're going to win the championship this year. That all the plan has worked. It's come together. They beat Giannis and the Bucks and they're on their way, man. That's what I'm hearing reports from uh from New York about the Knicks this season and the Nets, the two best teams in the league. Apparently, they're going to meet regardless of East or West. Those are the two teams that are going to play for the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. Knicks versus Nets. Actually, the only point is that's the next that's the Knicks best win of the season. And I'm sure since they'll only win another, I don't know, 10, 11 games this year, uh, I'm sure they'll have some sort of banner in the rafters come down uh, saying that they beat the Bucks, especially if the Bucks go far in the season. They didn't and just win. beat the Bucks. They beat the Bucks by like 20, 30 points that game. <laughs> so it's. Yeah, and Giannis actually played too, so that's weird. Because normally when I see scores like that, I go, oh, maybe they sat their whole no, team. they played. They were at full but strength. No, they played. And finally, yeah. you guys know I'm a Florida Gator through and through. I bleed orange and blue. So I have to talk about the Gators, a bad showing this week. But a lot of guys opted out to go to the NFL and focus on their dreams, and we can't fault them for that. The Gators had a horrible game. 
Kyle Trask had his worst game. He has eligibility. I hope he comes back one more time. But if not, we wish him all the best of luck, and we'll see what the Gators bring next week. For now, go SEC. Now let's get back to the business. We want to go beyond the numbers of the year 2020 and what a year it's been. But first, what is in a year, Amit? Well, Telly, a year is how long it takes the Earth to orbit around the sun. So you've got a little bit of like first and second grade science going on here. I like that. But I would tell you, most people probably don't know that. If you ask them, what's a year? They might not remember that. So we will, we just want to update most you guys. People? We're not saying you don't know. We're just reminding. We're just reminding. That's fair. That's fair. The true length of a year on Earth is actually 365.2422 days, or about 365.25 days. Hence, leap years, we add a day every four years. So that's 8,760 hours. And if you do the math, you multiply 365 by 24 hours in a day, by 60, 60 minutes in an hour and 60 seconds in a minute, you get 31,536,000 seconds. So you have over 31 million seconds to spend this year. And you're gonna spend some of those seconds with us. A lot has happened in the last 31 million seconds and we wanted to go beyond the numbers of the year that was in 2020. And 2020 undoubtedly will be remembered as the year of COVID. So we'll have to start there. But before we get to COVID, we have to highlight some things that happened before that. And we know that on March 11th, sports were shut down due to the coronavirus. And on January 26th was the day that Kobe Bryant passed away. And it's weird, Amit, because that is the week that we recorded our very first podcast and Beyond the Numbers podcast was born. And obviously it was a somber topic, first topic to talk about, which is why the demo is short. I think we talked about Kobe for an hour plus, and then we talked about the rest of things for about 20 minutes. Um, that was a tough start, but you know, 41 episodes later, and we are here. We kind of highlighted the podcast, right? Amit, we were, we were sketching it out. We had paperwork done. We were talking about what we wanted to talk about. It took some time. Then we got together. Then we did some sound checks and recordings. And now 41 episodes later, we're here. We, we went through some steps, right? got to try a microphone. That microphone doesn't sound good. So there, there was some work done there. Yeah. And we had, we've had a lot of fun along the way. And like we said, you know, Kobe, the death of Kobe Bryant really hit us hard and hit a lot of people hard. And kind of now, if you think about it, looking back on the year, it almost set off 2020 because that was really saddening and disheartening news that everyone received at the same time. And it hit everyone in a similar fashion, whether you were a sports fan or not. And then the rest of 2020 followed up with, you know, somber news, sports were canceled coronavirus coming over to the United States and spreading around the world. So we'll talk about COVID here, something that's infected, like I said, the entire world. And we have 
an international audience. So we want to go be beyond the numbers of COVID-19 here. Can't talk about 2020, the year without talking about COVID-19. So as we all know, it started in China. And for the first two months of the pandemic, nearly all reported cases were in China. But after a massive lockdown in Wuhan and other provinces, China quickly turned the corner. Today has one of the world's lowest casualty figures with less than 100,000 reported cases and less than 5,000 deaths, according to statistics maintained by John Hopkins University. We learned later that it jumped from China to the United States. And when we look at the United States today, the U.S. ranks highest when it comes to both its total reported case counts as of today, over 20 million and its death toll of more than 342,000. Even when countries are ranked by reported cases as a percentage of their population, the U.S. ranks in the top five. And the U.S. also currently has the highest number of daily new reported cases and daily new deaths. And although Ahmed and I are both located in the United States, as mentioned, we know that we have an international show and we like to welcome you guys and we appreciate all the love and support from around the world. So other hard hit nations with coronavirus this year, when considered in purely numerical terms, other hard hit countries include India with 10.3 million reported cases, Brazil with 7.6 million reported cases, Russia with 3.1 million, France with 2.7 million, and the United Kingdom with 2.4 million. Turkey with 2.2 million, Italy with 2.1 million, Spain with 1.9 million, and Germany with 1.6 million. Practically all of these countries also rank in the top 10 on the number of deaths. Brazil, for instance, has had more than 193,000. India more than 148,000 and practically all are currently seeing the world's highest numbers of new reported cases and deaths. If we switch over to the Middle East, Iran has fared particularly poorly with about 1.2 million cases and more than 55,000 deaths. And while it seems that for a time that African countries might really escape the brunt of the pandemic, South Africa has now seen a total case count surpass 1 million. Yeah, and we really did think for a while, I mean, and when we were watching the maps, when we were watching the news and as news of this was spreading around the world, Africa did look fairly isolated from the spread of the virus. And we thought, you know, I, I was for real, like Wakanda's there. They're taking care of everybody in Africa, Wakanda forever. But we saw that even the Wakanda force field could not protect Africa from COVID-19. And although it's had some of the lowest case counts, case counts are starting to rise around Africa. So COVID-19 presented challenges, but also some opportunities. So let's dive into some other 2020 numbers and some other numbers and some other things that have been elevated because of the coronavirus. So there was more faith. 24% of Americans say their faith has grown amid the pandemic. The crisis sent many people searching for hope. For example, 1.7 million people gave their lives to Christ through the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association's online ministries, twice as many as 2019. 
World Vision partnered with over 130 churches to provide fresh food boxes for struggling families. Each church represented 10 to 12 other churches and communities, and that enabled them to reach 6.4 million people who are hungry and needed food. Convoy of Hope worked with churches to deliver 100 million meals, and in some of the world's hardest hit countries, 205,845 pastors and faith leaders teamed up with World Vision to spread simple preventative measures to keep people healthy and free of COVID. We also saw that people had more family time. 75% of American parents witnessed a key moment in their child's life. More time also meant more family dinners. 78% of Americans regarded family meals as the highest point of their day. And it makes sense, right? We're all stuck at home, a lot of people working from home, so you get a lot of home time. I know I was grateful for that this year with all the time I had with my extended family and with my wife. Very big difference from all the travel that I've done over the years. So yeah, I was gonna say you 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 had a lot more family time. You got to spend some time with the in-laws and a lot of people got to spend extra time with children, family, extended family. I heard little ones running around sometimes during our meetings and when we were recording, and you know, that's gotta bring a smile to your face every time you got to hang out with them. It was nice. We also saw more generosity. 56% of Americans volunteered or donated to charity in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. People were motivated, sometimes even while suffering financially themselves, to help. Giving Tuesday reported that the number of donors and the number of donations was the highest it has been in five years. A surge of generosity just when it's needed the most. It was good to see people step up. We know that people are suffering. It's very much a case-shaped recovery, as they said. People that have jobs and are still being paid versus people who lost their jobs, people that work in hospitality, people that work in, in different industries that have had to be shut down because of the virus. So interesting times for all of us this 2020, which also led to more creative connections. So 124 million boxes of fresh food, dairy and meat went across the U.S. that connected farmers with hungry families. The USDA Farmers to Families program leveraged food directly from farmers that otherwise would have spoiled due to the restaurant shutdowns and changes to how people were shopping at the store. The USDA program connected groups across the country working with nonprofits in a way that met all needs and made sure that food did not go to waste. Shout out here to Alex who works for the USDA and hopefully was involved in that program. I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was. If not, she definitely wrote about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, because she writes for the that's USDA. Right. No, that's fair. Right. She's involved. So shout out to Alex and Percy, her husband listening. So what else happened in 2020? So beyond COVID, also other things took place during this year. So here in California, we had over 4.2 million acres burn across the state. Amit, trust me, I know it was smoky here for many days that we couldn't go outside because it was dangerous levels of smoke. Many people lost their homes. We had an election this year with a record number of votes casted for both candidates most votes casted in history in u.s election history the people spoke and now that, that was a great moment and great to see yeah tell you the pandemic definitely knocked the sails <laughs> knocked the wind out of the sails for pro sports with fans having to wait 133 consecutive days 
for any action across the four major North American sports. This was the longest such stretch since the 1916-1917 MLB offseason, which was before the NBA, NFL, or NHL even existed. We also we had the it, first baseball. We get it. Y'all are old. Y'all are old. We get it. <laughs> it's true. It's been around forever, man. And speaking of forever, we also had the first Memorial Day without an MLB game since 1880. That's a span of 140 years. The Lakers beat the Miami Heat for the continuation of the basketball season, which was postponed due to COVID after Rudy Gobert started rubbing up across all the microphones and joking. And obviously at that time, we didn't know how serious this was or how serious the pandemic would be. But that moment I think will be remembered in time as the time sports stopped, right? Because that's the image we all remember when the NBA was canceled, not when the guys were on the floor playing and they canceled games during a game. It's more the day or a couple of days before and Rudy Gobert was rubbing across microphones. That's what all the sports and news publications picked up. So the Lakers won in the bubble and the bubble was in Orlando. Thus, news, news from, from the, the NBA, NBA Bubble. Bubble news. Yeah. Bubble news. Was born for Beyond the Numbers podcast, one of our very favorite segments. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with something for this year. LeBron James became the first player in Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, and NHL history to win the championship MVP award with three different teams. My Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Dallas Stars for the Stanley Cup. And we had a chance at the COVID triple crown Amit, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. But the LA Dodgers beat my Tampa Bay Rays for the 2020 World Series. And like I said, they did it with a COVID positive person that's against the rules. So in my mind, we won it on a technicality, but I'm just saying. That's fair. But still, with that World Series win, Los Angeles became the first city an MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL history to win two titles in the same calendar month with the Lakers and Dodgers winning. And I think it was actually like 13 days in between the two championships. I know, and my race had a chance to do the same because the Lightning had just won. So it was really between LA and Tampa Bay for who would be the COVID triple crown, who can continue in the pursuit of the COVID triple crown. And the pattern here pretty much, Amit, was that I picked all the Florida teams to win and you picked all the Cali teams to win and I'm in California and you at the time were in Florida. <laughs> so what's up with that, man? Come on, people in Florida want to know. What's I, up? Just, I, I just have a sense. Just have a sense. So we can't head into the new year without, and obviously 2020 was a bit of a somber year and we've all had our challenges, but we can't head into the new year without talking about New Year's resolutions and how we want things to change in 2021. That's right, man. Every year we have resolutions, right? And it's estimated that 188.9 million adults in America, that's 74% of the population approximately, say that they are determined to learn something new, make a lifestyle change, or set a personal goal in an effort to better themselves in 2021, which is a 15.17% increase from 2019. 45.59% of those resolutions are about health, which makes sense. You've got a global pandemic. People are thinking about their health. 37.32% are 
It's about self-improvement. Want to be better. Improve thyself. That's right. 33.69% are money-related. Making or managing what you have better. COVID-19, we saw unemployment spike. So you want to know how your money is, what it's doing. You want to make sure you're controlling it properly. 24.47% of people said they wanted family-related resolutions. So whether it's spending more time with family, building a family, growing your family, whatever that looks like. 15.92% related to love, whether it's love life, relationships, caring more, sharing more. 15.64% of people, their resolutions were about their career, whether it's starting a new job, whether it's rethinking what their current job is. It was a career, a career related resolution. And that's the lowest of all the different things listed, which is ironic because money was the third highest on the list. And you'd think there'd be a connection there. You know, career, money, moving up the ladder, working your way up corporate. I feel like probably a lot of people are unsure because a lot of meetings take place on Zoom. They don't have face to face with their boss, manager, et cetera, et cetera. Or again, a lot of people are having a hard time if they lost their job or if their place of business is closed, trying to figure out what that next step is and seeing light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I, I, I definitely understand that. If you've ever been to a gym in the first week of January, you've also witnessed the great migration of resoluters. Ahmed, I hate this because, you know, we in the gym all the time. We try to get it in, you know, before the pandemic and the gym is not even open here at my apartment complex. Hasn't been open since March, so I haven't been able to work out. But, you know, for people that go to the gym regularly, shouts out to Ashley as well. January is dreadful because everybody's trying to go that first week. They're trying to work out. And then by the end of January, the herd starts to thin. And by February, it's back to you and the regulars that you used to see in the gym all the time before anyways. According to surveys performed by Finder, an estimated 23.1 million Americans or 12.23% of all Americans with resolutions don't believe that meeting their resolutions is within reach. So folks, we got to make sure that we make goals that we can accomplish. <laughs> Compare that because it backfires if you don't, right? You just get down on yourself. You're like, yo, I can't even do this. And then you end up quitting and doubling down, right? Like some people say, I'm not going to eat any sweets or cake. What do they end up doing? Eating a whole cake by themselves by the third day and crying into it because they set that high of a goal and expectation they knew they couldn't meet. Here's my problem. So this is a survey, right? So someone's filling out this survey. They're going through, they've got <laughs> resolutions. They're going to do A, B, and C. And then they get to the end and they ask, hey, what are the chances any of this is actually going to happen? And they just say, no, no, nope, nope, not going to be actually. Not actually. <laughs> what was the whole point? That's what I'm saying. And then I'm when you when you put something that far out of reach, as soon as you fall off the wagon, you know, people revert back to what they were doing before. So just make it small, attainable goals, small, attainable goals. Cross those off the list. Keep growing, keep growing and keep grinding, folks. Compare that to 141.4 million optimists or 74.72 percent of all Americans with resolutions 
who feel that next year's resolution is in the bag. And Ahmed, we just talked about folks who made it too difficult. I'm not gonna touch sugar, sweets, cake, and by day three, they're crying and eating an entire cake by themselves. These are the folks who say, you know what? I'm gonna take 10 steps every day and they get up off the couch, <laughs> take 10 steps and sit back down on the couch. I'll go to the gym twice this year. Done by the second. Boom. Yeah. And they go to the gym and like touch the door. It didn't mean I'm a work out. I said, I'm going to go to the gym. I didn't say I'm working. Out. I didn't say I'm going inside the gym. I said, I'm going to the gym. And I, I've heard that one too. So that leaves us with nearly 24.7 million Americans, about 13.06% of adults with resolutions think it's possible but they aren't entirely confident that they'll be able to get it done and i think this is the healthy medium on it where we should all live it should be something that i think i can do it it's gonna take me some effort to do but it's not something that's so easy that it's in the bag right and it's interesting i would love to see based on actually what works out how many people actually get there yeah and what qualifies as a resolution for most folks right because i think as Americans, and we're talking about this from an American perspective, but you can only control so much. And so here, gyms are closed, right? Or gyms are closed in most places. I'm here in California and they're closed. You're in New York, they're closed. So that that one's going to be more of a challenge this year. As far as monetarily, a lot of people aren't in control. If you lose your job or if you're having different challenges with hours you're able to work or if you're in the restaurant industry. So it'll be interesting this year to see how things shake out. I think we're all in prayer for a better 2021, a more resolute 2021 than we have 2020. And so with that, Amit, I think we should go into our favorite moments of 2020. And you know, I was gonna go first because I wrote mine first, but you know what, I'm gonna let you go first. And then I'm a I'm a share mine after you share yours. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So favorite moment of 2020 from a sports standpoint for me uh, was watching Clayton Kershaw finally get to raise that World Series trophy after arguably beating being cheated out of it in 2017 by the Astros, who were who were confirmed that they cheated that season in 2018 by the Red Sox, who were also found guilty of cheating in that 2018 season. So it was nice to see him finally get one because the narrative was he can't get it done in the postseason. He always loses. Um, and then of course you find out the two times he played in the World Series, both of those teams cheated those seasons. So it was nice to see him come through. That's nice. I mean, that's, that's nice. But I wrote mine first. And I'm, I'm going to use a Jewish word here. I thought he was trying to spitz me <laughs> because my moment also has to do with the World Series, but obviously it has to do with the Tampa Bay Rays. And then I see him typing Clayton Kershaw winning. That's great. That's good for Clayton. Okay, good for him. That's fine. But my favorite memory of 2020, and this is memory of all of 2020, is definitely the Rays postseason for sure. My fiance and I watched every game, every pitch, we loved every minute of it. Ahmed, I was texting you for most of it or, or sending gifts for most of it. And no, I had no. a bull your, your texting and your <laughs> gift usage was very dependent on the scoreboard. No, no, no. I, I texted and gift regardless of the score. Right. And my dad and I 
connected. He's in Florida and I'm here in California. I, we talked about fathers only using the audio text feature where they speak into the phone Here's and the deal. send that as a text. Here's and then the you deal. hear them in their excitement for a play. And it's especially interesting with the delays because my dad caught some stuff before I did. I would catch some stuff out here before he did, depending on the delays. And it just made it fun because we were all able to kind of connect in that moment, watching games basically every night, rooting for teams every night, watching baseball. It was a lot of fun. You know, that's in my blood. You know, the Dominican blood is 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 rice, beans and baseball. So, you know, the baseball part was covered in there. So if I had to boil all of that down into one moment, though, Amit, it had to be the walk-off win in game four. Randy Arena stumbling in for the win. We're down. We're about to lose the game. It's in the ninth, and it saddens me so much, and I shared this with you guys on the pod. I shared this with the Beyonders, that history will most likely forget that moment and forget that game because the Dodgers ended up winning the next game and went on to win the World Series. Case in point, Amit's moment is already forgetting my race. <laughs> The Tampa Bay Rays and all they did to get there. And it was just Clay and Kershaw won. And yeah, we all knew the Dodgers were going to win because every year we say the Dodgers are going to win. And we knew before the series started, the Dodgers were going to win. But man, you got to give it up for the Rays this season. And especially that game, because I told you at the time that happened on a weekend. I think it happened on a Saturday. So there was a game Sunday. No one talked about it Monday. There were no newspaper articles about it. By the time Monday rolled around, they were talking about the game the Dodgers won and how the Dodgers could clinch. So I just feel like that game is going to be forgotten. But that game was ridiculous. That game was really ridiculous from start to finish. An instant classic that I feel like history will forget. So on to 2021. Happy New Year to everyone. This is like a time capsule. We're recording this in 2020. You'll hear it in 2021. We hope the new year brought you some fortune and luck and health and prosperity. It's time for our new segment, NFL Nuggets, where we go beyond the numbers and bring you the stories within the story of the stories that matter within the NFL. NFL Nuggets beyond the numbers of week 16 and Amit. I got to make a correction here. We got it all wrong last week. We kept saying week 14. How could we? How could we do that? And you even talked about last week that we get it mixed up because we're recording. I told you this is the time capsule like me and your wife were trying to tell you. We're recording about what happened in the previous NFL week while in the current NFL week. And people will listen to this in the future NFL week. So we messed up. We apologize. Last week was NFL week 15. This week is NFL week 16. Even though we're heading into week 17. There we go. Yes. We're, we're currently in week 17. We're analyzing week 16, which was last week. Yeah. And and by the time people by the listen time you to guys this, listen to it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. These, these are just tricks of the trade. Or is it? Is it? Is it magic? Are we going back in time and getting... Don't, getting information don't don't do this with me <laughs> anyway. don't 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 do it 
the NFL with 239 games played and 17 left in the final seven days of the regular season is actually close to playing the full regular season without needing the extra week to finish the season that we predicted on it. There were a lot of questionable games played and a lot of questionable issues the NFL presented. One thing they didn't allow to happen was having any games canceled this season. This week's Nuggets. Philip Rivers tied Dan Marino for the fifth most touchdown passes all time in NFL history with his 420th. He will be starting his 240th consecutive NFL game this Sunday, which he says could be his last. That ties him with former Viking center Mick Tinglehoff for the third most in NFL history. So the third most games only former Vikings defensive end Jim Marshall with 270 consecutive starts and Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre with 297 consecutive starts have started more games in a row than Phillip Rivers. Rivers would have to play four more years without missing a game to break Favre's record. No other active player has started even 200 games in a row, so it will be years before anyone approaches Rivers and Favre's territory. Honestly, in my opinion, I don't think anybody ever breaks Brett Favre's record. There's rest now. There's more science involved. They don't want guys to get hurt. They don't risk guys' health as much as they did in Brett Favre's day. So I don't think anyone will touch that record. So anyway, I see what you did there. I mean, you wanted to start with Phillip Rivers because you didn't want to talk about my boy Thomas like that. Thomas Brady. Last week, we told you about Thomas's second half against the Falcons. Could he top that? Well, he did top that in the first half against the Lions with a perfect passer rating. I want to read through some numbers here real quick. Over the last two quarters of the win at Atlanta and the first two quarters against the Lions, this is Thomas Brady's stat line. 43 of 56, 76.8% accuracy, 668 yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 151.5 quarterback rating. Thomas is the only player in NFL history to play 20 or more seasons with one team and then make the playoffs with another team. He's also the first player in the NFL in NFL history to make the playoffs in 12 straight years. It's magic, a beyond the numbers podcast favorite. We love Ryan Fitzpatrick. We dove into his numbers, his career numbers, his stats. And although I'm at a lot of people like to pick on my man, we read out the numbers to y'all and his numbers are legitimate. The man from Harvard, this is Fitzpatrick's 16th year in the league. He's 38 years old and Miami is his eighth team. You know, he was the former Buccaneers quarterback before Thomas. He's played in 165 games, zero in the postseason. He came in for two in the last 10 minutes of the game against the Raiders, Amit. But here are his last five minutes of play. Five scores in the last five minutes, 354 yards gained in the last 10 minutes of the game, and the winning no-look throw to which Patrick Mahomes said best no-look throw ever as he was having his helmet and his head removed from his body. He made a perfect throw to the sideline to get Miami the game-winning field goal. They are also poised to make the playoffs this season. Heads up, hat tip to Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
Fitz yeah. Magic, as Tampa called him. Fitz Magic. There's a reason they call him Fitz Magic. But unfortunately, Fitz Magic has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be able to play against the Bills. So it's all up to Tua over there now. C.J. Beathard, one year after his brother was stabbed to death outside of a Nashville bar, he made his first NFL start in more than two years against Arizona on Saturday and played a huge role in the 49ers' 20-12 upset of the Cardinals, completing 13 of 22 passes for 182 yards and three touchdowns. He definitely led the team, and that game was huge for him and the 49ers organization. So our hats off to him, overcoming that adversity, dedicating that game to his brother and coming out with a win over a hot Cardinals team who were almost a lock for the playoffs before that loss. The Texans have truly been a dumpster fire, but through it all, Deshaun Watson has been surprisingly good. His 4,458 passing yards ranks second in the league. He has a 112.1 QBR, which is also ranked second, and his 70.1% completion rate is third in the league. And lastly, his 8.8 yards per attempt is ranked first in the NFL. So Deshaun Watson getting it done at the quarterback position, even if the Texans are a terrible team. And Russell Wilson, my favorite for MVP this season. It hasn't quite panned out that way, Ahmed. As I've mentioned, he has never received a single vote for MVP ever. But the scorecard for the great chef, Chef Russ Wilson, after Seattle clinched the NFC West this week, is as followed. Nine seasons, eight playoff appearances, four division titles, two NFC championships, one Super Bowl title, and that's in what people argue is the toughest division in football this year. The complete opposite of the NFL least is the NFL West. The top six quarterbacks in the 2012 draft with overall draft position at one was Andrew Luck, no longer in the league. At number two was Robert Griffin III, playing third string somewhere. At number eight was Ryan Tannehill. He's balling. At number 22, Brandon Whedon. At number 57, Brock Osweiler. At number 75 was Russell Wilson. No quarterback in NFL history has been sacked more in his first nine seasons than Russell Wilson. He's been sacked 392 times. But even with him taking all of that punishment, Seattle has played 158 games, 143 regular season, 15 postseason, and Wilson has started all 158. I'm going to read you some top career ratings of quarterbacks drafted between 1995 and 2015. Aaron Rodgers, 103.5. Then Russell Wilson, 101.8. Below him, Drew Brees at 98.6. And below that is Thomas Brady at 97.8. So Russell has been great. And although he may not win the MVP this season, the one guy who has a better career quarterback rating than him is probably the guy that's going to dethrone him. 
Justin Herbert is well on his way. He is now the first haircut Herbert hanging out in the hotel in Miami. The two of you hit it off. Then he got the haircut we've seen. So haircut Herbert. I expect him to be doing great clips commercials very soon. (laughs) He is now the first rookie quarterback in NFL history with 4,000 or more passing yards and 25 or more passing touchdowns in a single season. He has only played in 14 games this season. Alvin Kamara, Ahmed, this is my dad's favorite NFL player. I love watching his workouts, but even better are his highlights mashed up with his workouts. He's been over 700 yards rushing and over 80 catches each year, and he has yet to rush for 1,000 yards in the NFL. Yeah, but that boy definitely balled out against the Vikings this past week. He had 22 attempts, 155 yards, 7 yards average per play. His longest play was 40 yards, and he had 6 rushing touchdowns. That boy good. That boy good. We're going to take you to coming to America. So he went in the same draft I'm in as Christian McCaffrey with the 67th pick. McCaffrey went eighth overall. So let's compare. Let's compare the two of them. That's what we like doing here. We take you beyond the numbers of the players and beyond the numbers of these games. So Christian McCaffrey has played in 51 games. He's had 1,002 touches. He's rushed for 5,817 yards. He averages 5.81 yards per touch, and he has 45 touchdowns for his career. He's also on every other commercial. If you ever watch an NFL game on a Sunday, Alvin Kamara, zero commercials. He's played in 60 games, has 998 touches, 6,164 yards, 6.18 yards per touch and 58 touchdowns. He's got more yards. He averages more yards and he's got more touchdowns than the eighth overall pick. And he was picked 67th. I heard that Sean Payton was in love with Alvin Kamara from the moment of that draft. He said Kamara would be better than Christian McCaffrey. So far, that is proving out to be the case. Only four players have scored six touchdowns in a game in the 101 season history of the NFL. First two were against the Bears, Ernie Nevers in 1929, and Cleveland running back Dub Jones in 1951. Third was by a Bear, Gail Sayers, as a spectacular rookie in 1965. And it's time for a history lesson because people do not know about Ernie Nevers, Ahmed, and I have to admit that I didn't know about Ernie Nevers. Let's share with you guys some information about Ernie Nevers. He was a right-handed pitcher for the St. Louis Browns of the American League from 1926 to 1928. Nevers pitched three games in 1927 against the New York Yankees, who are arguably the best team in Major League Baseball history. He gave Babe Ruth two home runs that year, but we won't talk about that. In 1929, Ernie Nevers, a running back for the Cardinals, rushed for six touchdowns in a game, a feat that remained unmatched in NFL history for 91 years until Alvin Kamara just broke that. The Cardinals in 1929 played three games in eight days. Guys complain now. They played three games in eight days. On November 24th against Dayton, on November 28th Thanksgiving against the Bears, and on December 1st in New York against your New York football giants, Ahmed. That's quite a schedule. 
Nevers was a running back, a kicker, and he played DB on defense. Against Dayton, Nevers scored all 19 points for the Cardinals. Against the Bears, Nevers scored all 40 points for the Cardinals. Against the Giants, he scored one rushing touchdown. He kicked the extra point. He threw a touchdown pass, and he intercepted future Hall of Fame quarterback Benny Friedman. So in eight days, Nevers scored 66 points by himself threw a touchdown pass, kicked an extra point, and picked up a Hall of Fame quarterback. Quite a career. Our hats off, Mr. Ernie Nevers. Frank Gore has been ruled out for Week 17 with the Jets, and he will be turning 38 in May next year. So he may have played his last NFL game, but he's had one hell of a career. He has exactly 16,000 rushing yards, which puts him third all-time. He has nine 1,000-yard rushing seasons. He is a five-time Pro Bowlers. He is the leading all-time rusher for the 49ers, and he has played in 241 games, which is the most all-time by a running back. Not bad for a guy that tore his ACL twice at the University of Miami. The U, and he came out, man, and I, I want what he's having. I want some of those ACLs put in because he's putting miles on that car, and his goal is to play with his son, who's currently a running back at Southern Miss. So we'll see if he can get it done. I think Frank Gore playing with his son in the NFL definitely tops LeBron James playing with his son in the NBA because they can just sit you somewhere and hide you out and come in and shoot a shot. But in the NFL, no such luck, man. You got to earn that spot on the roster. So we'll see. I know the Knicks are going to sign both LeBron and his son, but we'll see if the Jets keep Frank Gore and sign his son so they can play together. We told you about the most accurate kicker and leading score in the NFL this season, Ahmed. You remember we brought this up a couple weeks ago? That's right. Young Ho Ko is the most accurate kicker in the NFL this season. He leads the NFL in points. Well, the wind is still undefeated as his game winner. I was watching this game live on it. He was about to kick a game-winning field goal against the Kansas City Chiefs, which I told you at the top, the Falcons are not the same Falcons that played the first half of the season. These are different Falcons. They almost beat the Chiefs. The wind took the game. It was magically going straight between the uprights until the wind blew that thing hard right and it was off by at least six yards. So the Falcons found another way to lose as we've been telling you guys about all season. The Chiefs have seven straight wins of six points or fewer. It's the longest such streak in NFL history by at least two. They are winners of 10 straight on it. The last seven are by two points, four points, three points, six points, six points, three points, and three points. In their last 24 games, the Chiefs are 23 and one. That's the best stretch for 24 games in NFL history. The only other person that has that streak is a one pay and Manning in 0809 with the Indianapolis Colts. They also went 23 and one in 24 game stretch. The Chiefs in these close ones always find a way to win. And people find that as a knock that the Chiefs are only winning. I read to you guys those points that they're winning by two, four, three, six, 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 three. But it also proves that teams that know how to win know how to win. And I'll take it back to the Rays. The Rays win one 
one run games, two run games. It's harder for teams to win close games sometimes than it is to blow people out. I expect this team to get it going in the playoffs and it looks like they're getting it done and winning the games they need to win to get there. You know, anyway, I didn't want you to have to, uh, you know, take this part. You spared me in the past. I'll spare you. So let's talk about the Giants. The New York Giants, the Giants of New York, as they say in uh, Madagascar, one of my favorite movies, by the way. The Giants of New York are five and ten, and losers of three in a row. But I'm there's hope for your team because they will make the playoffs with a win over Dallas at home Sunday afternoon and a Washington Red Tails loss at Philadelphia on Sunday night. So how about this, my friend? How about a wild card weekend prospect of you? guys winning your division and hosting my Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Thomas Brady at Giants Stadium with the ghosts of your New York football Giants whooping Thomas Brady up and down the field hanging over his head. Oh man, that might be a game right there, man. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Even if they do beat Dallas, I don't see Philadelphia beating washington so we sh- we shall see my friend we the shall are you coming. Know what? the fools you know- are coming the fools are coming <laughs> oh my god the giants as good and bad as they have been can also end up with the third pick in the draft somehow they like if to move it move they it. lose so if they, they like lose to-, to dallas and the broncos eagles lions Texans, Bengals, Panthers, and Falcons all win. They like to move it. They like to move it, move it. They might they might make some moves there to get that draft pick. They like to move it. So we'll see. We'll either have a Giants matchup between your Giants and my Buccaneers. They'll get the third pick or they'll just be left out of the party altogether. Yeah, I sense they'll they'll not only lose the division, but they also won't get the pick. So duds of the week. Remember the Jags had the Patriots down. They were about to go That's to true. the Super Bowl, Amit. That's and true. And then they blew it all up. Shouts out to Elise. Elise is our homegirl. She is the number one Jacksonville Jaguars fan. And Elise, we have some news for you. The Jacksonville Jaguars have secured the first pick of the NFL draft after the Jets beat the Cleveland Browns. Our absolute duds of the week, Ahmed. I think two stories stood out to us the most, and this has nothing to do with play. The Browns receivers, Cleveland endangered its playoff life by lax mask wearing and close contact within a COVID positive teammate in a therapeutic hot tub at the team facility that left four active receivers out including Jarvis Landry against the Jets think about that the last place you want to be with anyone sick is in a therapeutic hot tub that just sounds like it's full of germs and sounds like somewhere where you would be sick the receivers of the browns thought it'd be a good idea you know we're about to make the playoffs for the first time in a long time we're about to break through 
this curse that we have over us. Let's all hang out in this hot tub together while you're coughing your COVID all over us. The coach, Kevin Stefanski, had to have a walkthrough practice on it with new receivers Sunday morning at 8.15 in the morning in a parking lot in Jersey City. These guys were basically called off the practice squad to come and play in an NFL game against the Jets. The Browns were sitting in control at 10 and 4 in control of their playoff destiny and now after losing to the Jets last week they might not make the postseason at all if they lose to the division champ Steelers on Sundays my dud of the week absolute duds of the week is all of the Cleveland Brown receivers and it should be noted that the Browns when playing the Steelers in week 17 have lost their last 12 meetings in a row in 2019 then Carolina head coach Ron Rivera was released from his job after losing to Dwayne Haskins in Washington. In 2020, now Washington head coach Ron Rivera announces the release of Dwayne Haskins after losing to none other than Carolina. But this goes to show you, Amit, when you let ownership make draft picks, the reason Dwayne Haskins was drafted by the Washington Red Tails is because Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder personally picked him. You know why he liked him? Because he went to the same high school as his son. That's the reason he got picked. So they set him up for the okie doke and they set the team up for the okie doke. But on top of that, Amit, Dwayne Haskins has not taken his job seriously. And after a loss, he was out at the club celebrating, putting things up on social media and not taking his job as an NFL quarterback seriously. There's only 32 NFL starting quarterback jobs. And if you're not willing to put in the work, they will definitely find somebody else to do the job. We'll see if Alex Smith comes back this week. It would be wonderful if Alex Smith comes back and leads this team into the playoffs, which they have a chance to do with the win this week. Let's wrap this thing up. This is our last episode of 2020, Amit. But people are not going to hear it until 2021. So it's kind of like we're in a time capsule. Like we recorded this in the past and we're sending it to all of you in the future. <laughs> but Amit, seriously, you're back in New York now. But Beyonders were wondering, it's been a week. They knew you were leaving and you were going to go to New York. Now you're back in New York. I know this. The Beyonders don't know this. How is it? Did you we make it are, safely? Are you guys good? We are back and we are good. We tested out of quarantine, so we are COVID negative, no issues, and we can be out and about again now. Okay, awesome. So Beyonders, Amit made it safely. I know we got a lot of contact about that. So to start, we went beyond the numbers of the year 2020. It will be remembered in history as the year of COVID. So we shared some of the international numbers surrounding COVID, as well as the year in sports, and some of our favorite moments. I pick Florida, Amit picks California, Florida boys are hot. In NFL Nuggets week 16, we shared that Thomas, Florida boy, is on fire. Alvin Kamara's numbers on his historic six touchdown game and historic career. And we introduced you to Ernie Nevers, the last man to complete the same feat of scoring six touchdowns in a game. 
Yeah, and you heard Thomas now. He said he's never going back north. He's never leaving the south. He loves Florida. Him and Giselle buying houses in Florida. So once you get a taste of Florida, man, it, it is hard. It is hard to make that change. We also talked to you guys about New Year's resolutions and how people keep New Year's resolutions. They either make them too easy or too hard. For our New Year's resolution, for the Beyond the Numbers podcast New Year's resolution, we like to increase our footprint. We've gotten great feedback. Please be sure to share that feedback on iTunes or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We wouldn't be in this spot without you guys, and we can't get to the next level without you guys. We got the Spotify Creators Award, but we want to grab some other awards in 2021. So be sure to spread the word and ask people, have you gone beyond the numbers in sports this week? Happy New Year to everyone. We wish everyone a prosperous 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. From 2020, we're wishing y'all a wonderful 2021, and we'll see y'all over there soon. Time travel. Thank you for going Beyond the Numbers with us. We're a weekly podcast dedicated to going beyond the numbers of sports and life to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. We're available on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening on now, please be sure to click the follow or subscribe button to get our latest content. And remember, you can find us on Instagram, Beyond the Numbers Podcast, and on Twitter, at BeyondTN Podcast. Till next time, peace. peace.